The Asian American Pacific Islander Nurses Association of Nevada presents Healthy Mondays with Apina of Nevada. Start the week healthy and right with interesting conversations on living a healthy lifestyle. And now, your Healthy Mondays host, Dr. Mary Faye Axon Armstrong. Aloha! Magandang gabi po sa inyong lahat. Maraming salamat po sa inyong pakikinig sa aming programa, Healthy Mondays with the Apina of Nevada. I'm yours truly, Dr. Mary Faye Axon Armstrong, founding president of the Asian American Pacific Islander Nurses Association of Nevada and professor at Roseman University College of Nursing. So, uh, recap from last week, we had uh, Dr. John Florendo from uh, Wellness and uh, he really talked about a lot of scientific um, information about uh, immune system and also taking care of yourself during this pandemic. And I promised you um, in the previous broadcast that we will try to touch upon other people um, around the world. So we did talk to my good friend and childhood friend who is also a nursing colleague from Toronto, Canada, and she shared what's going on in her side of the world. We also talked to Professor Randall Sasa from New York City. And uh, because he's working in the nursing academia, he also shared about the drastic significant changes that is happening in their side of the world. Well, tonight, I have a very special guest. All my guests are special, but she is coming all the way from the other side of the world, uh, from Uganda, Africa. Welcome, Mary Chanwil, to Healthy Mondays. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for agreeing to be our uh, guest tonight. So uh, we, I, I'm going to have Mary uh, shared about her history, her, her journey. Uh, she is a missionary and also a faculty at Uganda Christian University in Mokono. And I'm going to let her share. Sorry, I oh. didn't catch that. Oh, you can also sorry try about that. <laughs> That's Siri. She thinks that I'm talking to her. Okay, go ahead, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I'm a missionary at Uganda Christian University. I started my mission work in Africa back in 2012 here at Uganda Christian University. But um, in 2016, I was called as a permanent missionary to, or as a long-term missionary to Uganda Christian in, in the business faculty, and I teach economics and entrepreneurship. Um, my, my students, uh, my major, the major focus is to try and get students to be able to create businesses while they are taking their coursework so that they are actually, um, that when they graduate, they actually have the, what they need in order to have a, a viable business. Um, so that's I really, how I began here. Yes, and then I just want to share to our listeners that uh, the first time, I don't know if it was the first time that I <clears> met <throat> you because I started uh, the Fulbright program at Uganda Christian University in 2014. And so every right. year I've been going to Uganda uh, Christian University. And then I, I forgot where we met. I think we met in a Sunday service. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Either that or at, 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 at a meal up at, up at the, uh, at the, um, at the guest house. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 2016 when Dr. Um, Susan um, Drain, Susan Drain was also there for the Fulbright. 
But anyway, right. I am, yeah, I, I just so admire uh, you, Mary, being the uh, missionary at Uganda Christian University. And uh, you have to see her, uh, you have to see her showing all her passion for the children and also for <laughs> the students at UCU. And uh, I think that uh, one of the things why I thought about um, interviewing uh, you, Mary, tonight is because uh, everybody's experiencing a similar situation because of the global pandemic. But I think That's that, um, yeah, I, I think that um, I wanted to go back first to what you were saying about uh, your role at UCU, uh, getting the students at Uganda Christian University to, to uh, be business-minded, business right? Mm -hmm. And I remember mm -hmm. one young man, he's now married, uh, Joshua Musungwa, I think, I, and he is uh, um, a good friend of mine. So his dad is a pastor, and their uh, church is uh, affiliated with my church in Hawaii. And uh, he happened to be uh, a graduate of UCU. And I remember um, I didn't want to have to go out of the university all the time to go buy uh, my mango or whatever goods that I have. And he shared mm -hmm. with me at the time that he and his friends started this small business. And I don't know if you're aware of it, where uh, people can then give them a list of grocery items. Mm -hmm food, yeah. whatever items that they that we need, and then they go and get it, and then they deliver it to the dormitories. Right. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, and there was some of that already begun, but now it has become a necessity. Um, uh, Uganda is different from uh, the United States in that we are, I would say, more in shutdown than you are. When I hear, oh, I'm going to a doctor's appointment or I'm going to go and, you know, a friend in the States will say, well, I'm headed to Walmart to buy my groceries. And I'm thinking, I'm not headed to Walmart to buy my, I mean, not that I'm not headed to the supermarket. They recommend that we not, we can go shopping for, for groceries, but they recommend that we send other people to do it. And they're really, um, it, it, it's fairly strict. We're only allowed to be, our curfew is, is at five o'clock in the evening. Actually, I think, yeah, it's now, yeah, five o'clock in the evening for the people that can deliver. Um, they can't, um, and the only vehicles that can be on the road without special permit are motorcycles. Um, here we have what are called motorcycle taxis and they deliver things, goods to us, uh, you have to get a special permit if you want to get something delivered that requires more than a motorcycle. And it's amazing what they can put on the back of a motorcycle. So um, here, the, the, the difficulty is where, where this makes for difficulty is most people do not have cars. And there are, and they get, get around by motorcycles they're not allowed to ride on the motorcycles only goods are allowed to be transported on them or they get around in 14 passenger taxis those are not allowed at the present time on the road at all so if I am someone who doesn't have a car and I want to go shopping and I live three kilometers or four kilometers from the market I have to walk to the market 
I can hire a motorcycle to carry my goods, if I know one, to carry my goods back to my home, but then I have to walk back to my home. So there are many people that are walking very long distances to get the goods that they need to have. So, um, yeah, it's a, it, here on UCU, where I live, we're fairly isolated. The government uh, dictated there were some people using our sports facilities. We have international students that stayed because they were not able to go home. And um, they were on the sports facility and government police showed up because there were cameras on the, uh, what it's called the soccer pitch. And uh, they, dis they told all of the, the students to go away, that they were in too much close proximity. And then they banned us from using our sports facilities at all. So we're allowed to walk on the campus, but we're not allowed to. Um, we, uh, the, the people in charge on the campus said, please avoid the cameras <laughs> and oh. do not do not walk with other people, do it separately. So it's a very sol solitude kind of a thing when we go out for exercise. So you mentioned about international students. So a lot of the, the students who were not able to get out on time before mm -hmm. the quarantine were, so it sounds like they're stuck in the university to stay there. These are students who can't go home, not necessarily, it's not a time issue. For most of them, it's like students from the Congo where there's a civil war or mm. from South Sudan where it is still very difficult to get there and there is a lot of insecurity. So when they are sent, it, it costs too much to go home. So they stay. They stay here. And uh, they have there. There are students from various places many many of our international students did go home but when the when the border closed when the when the when the airport closed um and of course there are no buses there's nothing you can't you there is no public transportation and e at first they were allowing us to have cars and they told us to have three people in it. Well, people violated that and they said no cars and they mm -hmm. cut off the cars entirely. So we're really um, at everyone. A friend's mother died and she had to get a special permit to take her home to bury her in the village where they were from. Um, and when they buried, um, usually a, a funeral service here will start at like nine o'clock in the morning and go until around three or four in the afternoon. And by 10 o'clock, they were saying, put her in the ground, put her in the ground, finish this. You need to all leave because we don't want you here for any length of time. So, you know, things are different here. It's it's not a, I, I don't, actually we're having, a lot of people learning how to cooperate with each other. Um, people are learning how to share. Um, but there are also other things that aren't always such good reports. But um, on this campus, we're, we're, we're really blessed. We, we're, um, I think we're very protected because people are not allowed to come on the campus unless they're on the list for a particular purpose here. There is some construction going on on the campus, not large, just small. Um, 
but it's it's two or three workers, not 20 or 30 like it would normally be. And the work on the, um, we had some work on our roads that was going on. That's been shut down um, entirely until the end of this. So, oh, it, so it just sort of. So you're not able hmm. to go out. When was the last time you went out of the, off campus? About a week before they shut us down. Oh. Um, yeah, they, um, I was going out. I mean, I still can go down to the bank if I want to. I can walk down to the bank. But I, I, I now basically do all of my transactions using what we have here in this country, which is called mobile money. It's on my phone. So I, I, I go to my bank in the States electronically and I transfer funds to my phone. And then from my phone, like today was payday for the people that work for me. From my phone, I transferred money to all of them today, um, so that they would have they would have income for the for this upcoming week. Wow! Yeah. Thank goodness for uh, technology, right? I mean, I mean really? Imagine? Yes. No, I can't. And they don't want us. They really don't want us to be going to the banks. And I'd never used mobile money that much. I mean, I'd used it a little bit to buy data for my phone or, or, I mean, or, or airtime for my phone, I'd put money into mobile money so that I'd always be able to have that. But I, but in terms of transactions of sending, um, you know, pay to people, I'd not done that. And it, it, it has been very convenient. I don't, I don't have any, any money in my house. I mean, there's, if anybody wants to rob me there, they can take my electronics, but that's about it. There's no, there's no funds in my house because it's all, it's all on this electronic thing. It's really fascinating to me. How are yeah. you doing with your meals? Um, I think I was thinking, because I, I lived in that, um, just so the listeners know, I lived in Uganda Christian University campus. Every time I go there to teach in the uh, uh, Department of School, Masters of Science in Nursing, and the food is provided for us in the guest house. So mm. is the guest house open or what's going on with Eunice guest house? Uh, the guest house is uh, not officially open, although uh, during this time they discovered bats in my um, ceiling and we're in the process of trying to arrange for a fumigator to come and fumigate. And the uh, the head of the guest house, who's a friend of both um, of both Mary Faye and I, um, said you will come and stay in the guest house while while they do the fumigation. And <clears throat> when they said it, I hadn't thought about the fact that I was going to have to pack up this whole house in order for this fumigation to take place. So I confess I'm kind of hesitating because I, I don't really want to do that. But of course, I'm going to probably have to. So, yeah, and um, they have, but they do have a bakery that they just started a few months ago. And so most of us on campus and even some people that live just off campus are ordering their bread from the, from the Eunice guest house. They are also selling their bread to the, to the dining hall, who, who are the people that are feeding the international students that are on campus. So, um, so that's where I get bread. 
Uh, but as you know, man does not live by bread alone. My father <laughs> used to say, you must have peanut butter. So um, I have I have people that have gone to the markets and bought uh, what we have here, which is called G-nuts, and they have made G-nut paste for me to be able to use on my on my bread and my toast. But for food, mostly there's my garden. I ha I'm one of the people that's blessed here because... People encouraged me to build to to have a um, a vegetable garden. So I have vegetables in my garden that I eat, and then um, uh, my gardener, who's also happens to be a, a, a motorcycle or, or as we call it, boat driver, um, will go and get me things from the grocery store. The grocery stores are the only stores really that are supposed to be open. And he'll go and get me things from the grocery stores. And then um, my the, I have a person, I, this all sounds very, very highfalutin, but it's not. Um, there's a woman who helps me with cooking, and she comes in and brings in the fresh fruits and vegetables. But she's always done that. It, uh, now I try to arrange for the motorcyclist to bring them in because for her, she has to carry them because, you know, or as, uh, you know, put them on a motorcycle and send them to me. And that's not always easy because not all the motorcycles are allowed to come onto the campus. So. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. Uh, when, when I was, uh, the last time I was there was last year of uh, June, June, uh, actually June, July is the longest I've been uh -huh. there for five weeks. And all the time that I'm there, I can see a lot of people walking, a lot of people carrying things on top of their head. Yep. And um, as uh, for our listeners out there, uh, Mary is men mentioning about the mode of transportation is the motorcycle, and we call it boda boda. And and you can see like how the different things that they can carry in that motorcycle, a whole bunch of bananas. <laughs> Chickens, live chicken tied up and then hanging on the motorcycle. Um, anything. One time Pigs. I saw, yeah, I saw someone have carrying something on, on her head and I was trying to figure out, it looks like a little machine. And then I kind of figure out it was a uh, sewing machine and she was carrying it on top of her head. Yeah. And yeah. whatever that, uh, and then one time I had took, taken some pictures and someone was carrying a, uh, a bunch of sticks, I guess, for firewood, and she was carrying it on top of her head. So mm -hmm. um, it seems like um, life in Uganda is um, as usual, except there's not much transportation, right? Right. And the, the difficulty, the, the most vulnerable, the government has, has food for them. There is some. There has been some difficulty because there are people who seem to think that they know who needs to get the food rather than the people that are the most vulnerable, and so there's been some controversy about that. Um, but mostly, uh, you know, it's uh, you know we're just that. Uh, well, just as an example, the other day, uh, one of the women on campus called and said. I'm going to be selling chickens. And so I made a list of people that I thought might benefit from having a chicken, you know, like with a large family or whatever. And um, so I bought several chickens and then we dis distributed them to those people. And, but 
she's she's sold all of her chickens now so we won't be doing that um and so uh i mean i won't be doing that again but um there'll be others um people have are finding ways to manage and also to be able to I'm so encouraged by the people that are figuring out ways to do have business when there is no way for there to be business. One man, he was sent home from UCU because they didn't need so many electricians on campus. And he came to me and wanted help. And I said, well, I can't give you just help, but I can give you work. And so he did several jobs here with me over the last week or so. So that was good. And um, th those kinds of things are happening, but different people or if when a, a chicken, go that chicken goes to a neighborhood, they were, tell they were telling me it's not just that it goes to that family, it goes to the neighborhood. But um, one friend that I gave a chicken to the other day, she said 14 people ate off of that chicken. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's a different kind of a, um, we're hearing more about the sharing and the caring and being concerned for each other. And that I try to concentrate on and not the things that are not so positive. So there are all the interviews that I have in the past weeks uh, yield some positive energy and positive outcome. And I mean, I, I, I could um, say that this what's happening with the end COVID-19, the global pandemic, is a uh, has a divine purpose, and I have said this mm -hmm. in the in the previous broadcast that there is a divine purpose that we are learning how to share, mm. we are learning yeah. how to be innovative, we are learning how to be creative, and and really we are going down to the basics. And you mentioned about someone encouraging you to uh, to start a garden, and I know when I travel, every time I travel there in Uganda, and then we will be passing by a community and even my nursing students and the faculty who um, who came to Uganda for the mission trip, they noticed that when we were passing by the houses, each house has a little garden. They right. have a banana tree. They have mm -hmm. those uh, sweet potato and uh, those taro. We call it taro. I think it's got um, the, uh, all different kinds Yam. of staple, yeah, yam, staple foods that is mm. growing in their garden yeah, so i remember yeah. growing up in the philippines it's like that too and my my mm. own family we have in our backyard we have a uh, sweet potato uh, growing uh, uh maize you know i see mm -hmm. that so yep. basic yep. things and that um that, that kind of limit you from going out and getting your your basic necessities so um, yeah there, there's still need for things, and it, and a balanced diet isn't always available. But, but there are things like uh, my boater friend has a piece a piece of land, and the woman next door came to him. She's an older lady, and she said, "I've, I've dug all the cassava I can dig. My corn isn't ready yet. I need, I need food." And so he came to me and said she needed food, and I said, "Okay, well." We had made up bags of food for my, for, for different people. I said, let's take some of that, but also, uh, but for her, because she's so far from town, she's like up in the mountains. 
um, we, we, we bought larger quantities and sent them to her house so that she would have, she would have food. And, and um, even there, there was, there's a ministry that we helped to get food to the people at that ministry recently. And the man who, uh, who runs the ministry is actually trapped in Egypt. He was on his way home to Uganda when the borders closed and he wasn't able to come. So he's in Egypt and um, he was talking to the people that are at the ministry and saying, now you should be thinking about uh, 10% of what you've just received. Who's it going to go to? Who's in need? Who's the most vulnerable in your area and needs the help that you have? So there are other things that are happening here with COVID. Of course, schools are not in session. And um, but they are sending out materials for the students to work on at home, not the high. We're not talking about university. We're talking about at the high school and grade school level and that they're doing that electronically where they can. But they've recognized that some people will not have the electronics. So they're sending hard copies to the, the leaderships in different communities. And then those they're called LC1s. And then the LC1s are distributing, are, I mean, people can come to them and get the papers so that their children can work on things while they're there at home. Because we're now, I mean, they're supposed to be in session, that we're about to go out of session in about two weeks time was when we were scheduled. But right now they're supposed to be doing coursework, so... Yeah, even before yeah. the end uh, COVID-19 global pandemic, I know while I'm teaching there at UCU, our Master's of Nursing Science students, uh, a lot of them will just stay around uh, Mukono because uh, mm -hmm. they live like our, even one lives in uh, Gulu. So it's, it's not possible for him to be traveling from Gulu to Mukono. That would be like eight hours, right? Or even more than eight mm -hmm. hours. So mm -hmm. a lot more. of them live, live around there. And so I was going to say that um, for our listeners to understand uh, the, the struggle of our students there are, uh, if they go home, even if they live close by, if they go home, they don't have internet. Right. Um, so that when I when I tell them, oh, your your paper is due at this time, I try to be more lenient because uh, we take it for granted, you know, especially here in the U.S. Readily, you know, readily to have the internet access, you can go to a cafe and then sit there and you have a, a free um, internet connection, Wi-Fi connection. It is not readily available for our students out there. So um, there are so many adjustments. But then we're, we really take it for granted of what we have. And so this, I'm saying it again, this pandemic, this global pandemic is really has a divine purpose. It is forcing us and some people naturally um, comes out with a sharing and caring. As you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. you give one chicken to someone and it actually fed 14 people. So yeah. it's, it's not only... Here in the U.S., not only in the Philippines, I was talking to my childhood friends early this morning, and then now we're talking to my good friend and missionary and faculty at UCU, Mary Chowell. So I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk and um, for you to share. I'm thankful that you're sharing what's happening in Uganda. Mm -hmm. So what's what's happening with your students, the um, the students who are mm -hmm. in the business? What are, what are the things that you have been doing? Um, 
adjusting to and preparing them for? Well, that's the difficulty. We are not, we were supposed to be going into examinations mm -hmm. and the universe and the university had come up with a plan that those that were able to uh, access with smartphones would be able to ex access their examinations and do online examination. The government, um, actually not the government, but some law students decided, no, 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 we, we, we can't have this. And so they went and petitioned for it to not be allowed. And so they shut it down. We were really excited about it, not because we thought anybody here thought that every single student was going to be able to take the, the exams online, but it was a beginning and there would be some, that many of them would be able to take their exams online. And then the ones that were not able to, they were even giving them data to use on their phones so that they'd be able to access the materials. But the ones that were not able to would be able to petition for um, a, a makeup exam. But they cut, they closed that down, which made for now my communications with my students are, are few. Um, they will contact me and say, I'm working on this or I'm working on that and I'll give them encouragement. But my job this past semester was to help them with their with their uh, with launching their businesses. And many of their businesses at that time were they were centering them around the university because that's where they're going to live um, for the next year or a year and a half. So they went home and they're having difficulty figuring out how to make it work in, in the, in the home setting. But um, there are people that are much better at keeping in touch with them and keeping the communications going. Um, I'm realizing that as we get closer to being able to come to have more um, openness that I, I need to get back in touch with them and try and get them back online to do the things that need to be done so that they'll, they'll be ready, one, for the examinations they'll have to take when they get here, and two, for the new, new semester, which was the, we don't know when it'll start. What was the reason why the law students were against the, uh, taking the exam you tell me. online? You <laughs> tell me, because that, the, that there were not... 90% of our students signed up with their phone numbers and everything to be able to take the exams on, on um, online uh, or a, even on their phone lines, if you want to know the truth, like WhatsApp. And we were going to use whatever means we could to get it out there. Actually, they, it wasn't, it was actually an internet thing that was required. But you, I mean, you, you're right, Mary Faye, they do not all have um, um, computers, but a large quantity of them do have smartphones and they're becoming more and more adept at using those smartphones. They're not, per, it's not a perfect instrument, but they were being given 21 days to, they, from the time that the exams were being made available to them to the time that they had to actually turn in their final papers. These were not papers where you could only open it up for like two hours, take an exam, and then it closed down. These were, we, we designed the papers. It was kind of exciting. We designed the papers so that they could actually give us um, 
answers that showed that they had understood how to use the material rather than just mastering the information. So it was interesting and I believe we will do it again, but it, it will not be, uh, it probably, probably until the university is opened again, because the, um, uh, the head of the uh, Department of Education said, no, we, we think that this needs to stop. But then just after that, they started giving work to the, to the other grades, but that probably because of us, they realized they needed to do hard copy as well. But we, mm -hmm. ours couldn't be hard copy because it's an examination. I mean, you can't, I, 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 I don't know. I, it was not a, I, it, I, it, it, I mean, there was no practical way for us to make the, to give them the hard copies of the examinations. Um, and I found myself many times, one of the things we were contacting the students and saying, uh, because they were saying, how do we do this? And I said, you, you don't stay online to do it. You go online, you get your questions. You, you then begin to try and figure out what the answers that you're going to give to the questions are. Then you go online to do a little bit of research to check and see if things are accurate. And then you go back and finish it. And then you final, when you finalized it, you, you load it on. I, I, I worked in virtual um, education in the States, so I was kind of feeling like this was a possibility. But I, maybe we're, we're a couple of years ahead of the curve. I don't know. I think that um, the, the class that, I, that I'm teaching there at Uganda, uh, the exams they have is really essay. And so um, I like doing the essay questions because then I can see their thoughts. Their, uh, mm. their train of thoughts and really understanding the concept. And you mentioned a really interesting um, concept here, the mastery of the content versus mm. the mastery of the question. Because here in the United States, we do have a lot of multiple choice question. Mm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, that's easy to grade. But the essay question, you know, as, as a faculty, you would have to sit down and read their answers versus you will just um, have the machine right. see if, you know, if they had answered the question correctly by do they choose A, B, C, you don't really see their train of thoughts with that. So right. um, I think this, um, this global pandemic is really forcing us to go down to the basics. You know, right. uh, sure, we, we miss having a face-to-face -face encounter, uh, mm. but we as human beings uh, had the need to have uh, contact, whether it's virtual contact, you know, sometimes, you know, I would look out the window and I see people walking and, uh, and they will look, look up in my, mm -hmm. uh, my patio and I don't know whether to say hi or hello, even going to the grocery stores, people are just doing their own thing. It's like, you know, uh, zone in. Um, I think that, um, you know, the sharing and caring and forcing us to really um, do whatever we can to do what we have and forcing us to be creative and innovative. Mm -hmm. um, any other, I know time flies when we're having fun. Well, we, we really covered a lot and thank you for sharing what's happening there in Uganda, Africa. Um, Absolutely. Any, yeah, and any words of wisdom for them, uh, for our listeners? 
You know, I, 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 like you, believe that this is a time that we have been given. You know, in, if you look in the scriptures, the scriptures say that every seventh year is supposed to be a year of, of, of letting the land rest. And we, have, we as people in this world have not been doing a lot of that for many, many years. And so I find myself wondering if this is, a, for me, I find it as an opportunity to let, not so much the land rest, but to let me rest. What, what, what taking time to, to spend time in God's word is important to me. And I, I'm getting to do that on a, on a different level now than what I was able to do, even though I do do that. I'm at Uganda Christian University. Of course I do that. But now I'm doing it on a personal level, which is really quite phenomenal. And I just totally recommend that for health, it is important that we get rid of our anxiety. And, and, and there's certainly a lot of things in the word that will help us to have a peace that as we as Christians call that passes understanding. And so mm -hmm. I would I would encourage them to guard their hearts and have the peace that passes understanding. I like that. I always tell my friends that, you know, I'm praying for your uh, for the, that peace that surpasses understanding. And when you have that peace, you'll know exactly what it means. So thank you again, Mary, for joining us tonight at our Healthy Mondays broadcast. Uh, lots of information. Yeah. And uh, again, you are thank welcome. you, PHLB. Yeah, thank you for PHLB Radio for partnering with us to bring information to our listeners out there. As you can see, uh, what's happening in Uganda is also happening around the world, yeah, happening in the Philippines, happening in here in Las Vegas, yeah. Nevada. So um, anything else that I wanted to see? Time flies mm. when we're having fun. So thank mm. you again. Mm. And so our listeners out there, remember, every Monday is a healthy Monday. Aloha. The Asian American Pacific Islander Nurses Association of Nevada has just brought you Healthy Mondays with Apina of Nevada.